What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the First and Foremost Podcast with your host, Jimmy Covington. And I'm Quentin Douglas. How's everybody doing out there? Right. We back at it again. We're here with episode two. So, Quentin, how you doing, man? Man, you know, just trying not to catch the coronavirus out here, man. It's crazy. That's <laughs> all, all you can do. I've been doing the same, man. Or no sports. It's been like real born and no class. So, just trying to figure out a way to keep busy and not get lazy, man. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, for real. You know, man, let's go ahead and get started. Get the people what they want, you know. All right, let's get it. All right, man. So, you know, with this coronavirus thing going on, uh, a lot has been going on. A lot of events have been getting canceled, suspended, postponed. Uh, so just to kind of run down briefly uh, what's been going on, uh, we all know uh, the coronavirus has been sweeping the nation uh, like crazy. Uh, so as far as sports goes, uh, it started, you know, with the Ivy League canceling their tournaments. Um, and then the day after, Rudy Gobert was the first NBA player to test positive for coronavirus. Um, and that, what, minutes after, the NBA suspended the season until further notice. Um, and then you had other con- NCAA conferences following suit, as well as uh, soccer leagues. We also had um, the MLB to cancel their uh, games and events, uh, wrestling, and so on and so on. Uh, so just with all that going on, man, what do you think about it so far? Uh, obviously, I think it's, it's devastating to sports fans everywhere and to players everywhere. Uh, in terms of professional, uh, I think – I believe they kind of knew it probably was coming. I don't think a lot of guys were – They were. I think that a lot of guys were surprised about it, even though they probably knew it was kind of coming. I don't think real, anybody really knew the effects – well, not the effects per se, but the the magnitude of the situation. Uh, and Rudy, mm-hmm. I think it was – I mean, he came out and spoke about it. Of course, it was irresponsible of him to be, you know, behaving in that manner, but he did not know he had coronavirus. So, of course – had he had coronavirus, he wouldn't, wouldn't have even been in the facility. So I think that's unfortunate, but he'll learn from it and other guys will learn from it. But I think what really uh, got everybody was how the NBA suspended their season until further notice. I think that that threw everybody off. Now you saw uh, Mark Cuban's reaction, and that that shook the sports world. Uh, really, it shook it real real bad. You know, Woj continued to drop bombs, and the next thing you know, the next morning, at about 10.50, he announced Donovan Mitchell had tested positive for the coronavirus. And then you see these videos circling around on social media, on Twitter. Uh, Rudy Gobert was rubbing uh, Donovan Mitchell's head, and that was kind of alarming, to say the least. Man, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> you got these uh, college conferences canceling tournaments, and I think that's really what – I think that really hurt uh, a lot of – College students with eligibility that are seniors won't get to play the rest of their season. The NCAA decided to, you know, cancel all spring and winter sports tournaments and practices and to further notice. So I think that was incredibly unfair to college students, but there was no other action that could have been taken. It's for the safety of everyone, not just the players and the fans. It's for the safety of everybody. So I think that was necessary. And I uh, mm-hmm. You know, the NFL canceled his league meeting, but it didn't push back the start of the new league year. So, and in baseball, you know, they did their thing. They canceled, they delayed the start of the season. And it's a, the XFL, 
uh, the PGA Tour. And, uh, you know, y- y- Thursday, uh, Adam Silver wrote a letter to fans uh, saying we intend to resume the season. And, you know, we got a report today saying that it could be up to, like, June maybe when they start back. So, you know, kind of really – nobody really knows. You know, Donald, Donald Trump just declared a state of emergency. So, you know, I'm, mm. I'm waiting like everyone else is to see what's going to go on over the next few weeks or so. Hopefully everything can be under control over the next few weeks because I've been we've been almost a week without sports and it's really getting on my nerves. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to watch on TV. It's really the only purpose I have. Re- only reason I have cable is to watch sports. And without sports, I – I'm just bored out here. Yeah, nah, bro. I feel you. Like, this coronavirus thing has really been, like, a true life changer. I don't, like, remember anything this severe that I've been a part of since, like, what, maybe 9-11, and I was, like, three or four at the time. So I really don't remember that too much. But, uh, you know, this is just all crazy. I, I found it funny how... Uh, before the outbreak here in America, you know, we everybody just joked about it. Uh, you had even President Trump, you know, calling it a hoax. Um, and I just it was just really eye opening how no one really took it seriously until you had athletes of prominence like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell that tested positive, as well as, you know, like celebrities uh, like Tom Hanks and his wife. Uh, as well as other various uh, soccer players and other people who have gotten it as well. Uh, But, you know, it just shows that things can be just snatched away in a matter of moments or seconds, really. Uh, Because I know me and you both are huge sports fans, and I know that goes for a lot of other people in the country. And just, you know, I feel like times like this really do – you know, bring us together and, you know, it really um, makes you look at things in perspective and makes you really value things that much more. Um, But I think that the NBA was probably, to me, in my opinion, the league that handled it the best. Uh, Hats off to Adam Silver for for the way he conducted himself because this is no easy task for any commissioner especially with him considering the uh, recent loss of Kobe Bryant. Like, this wasn't easy for him at all. So just the way he's handled that and the way other leagues have been able to follow that example uh, has been tremendous. Um, But I think I saw the NBA is trying to continue their season in, like, what, mid to late June, I think I saw. Um, So, you know, with all that taken into account, you know, and with me and you being graduating seniors, I hope that this issue does see a, a end soon and that it can get under control. So, yeah, absolutely, it's it's definitely been devastating. I I agree with you, Adam Silver. Uh, he's been great since he's become the commissioner. Uh, especially this year, has been rough. You know, like you said, the loss of Kobe Bryant. You know, the China issue uh, with uh, Daryl. Right. Murray. Yeah and now the coronavirus, so he's handled everything beautifully. Uh, the NBA pretty much has always handled these type of issues beautifully. And uh, I think other leagues kind of fell, fell in line, you know, with things the NBA did, you know, cancellation. I think that's the best. Uh, large groups of people shouldn't be gathering at this time. You know, that's going to slow the spread 
of the virus, I believe. And so, you know, I'm just ready for sports to start back because it's real boring out here. No NFL. Well, it wasn't in the NFL anyway, but, you know, mm-hmm. still, you know, you want to see you want to see NFL live. You want to see pro days. You know, players can't have meetings and stuff like this. So it's kind of it's affecting every league. You know, XFL. Those guys, they're not playing right now. You know, they're getting paid by the game. I mean, just like NFL do, but they're not playing right now. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't have million dollar contracts. They're making at max sixty thousand dollars over a ten game period. So I'm, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how they're going to be compensated for their time away. From XFL, if they are going to be compensated, I would hope so. So, it's just had an impact, a big impact, pretty much everywhere, not just sports. Right. Oh, and I will. I failed to mention also. Uh, I really have to give my hats off to the athletes, uh, like Zion Williamson, uh, Kevin Love, JJ Watt, those guys, among many others. Rudy Gobert uh, and their. Co- yep, yep. Gobert, of course. Uh, Five hundred thousand. Mm, and just their efforts on paying those arena workers and those staff workers uh, that don't have a salary pay, but, you know, they get paid by the hour. And I just think it it just really shows how times like this uh, just truly bring the sports world specifically uh, closer together. I think that's something the players shouldn't necessarily have to do with billionaire owners, but, that's you know, that's another conversation for another show. But I am glad. Man, don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm definitely glad the players are taking onus upon themselves to, you know, help out because, you know, everybody plays an important part. It's not just the basketball. It's the things, you know, outside of being on the court. It's the little stuff that matters too, you know. So I think I'm glad they're helping people with their salary because, you know, if they weren't getting paid, how are they going to survive? So I think, you know, I think that's a great thing those guys are doing. And it shows just how – great of a league the NBA is and how great the players are on and off the court. Yeah, bro, for sure. All right, so moving on to the next bit of news from earlier today, uh, we saw the Tennessee Titans will be bringing back quarterback Ryan Tannehill on a four-year $118 million deal with $62 million guaranteed. How do you feel about this deal? I think that was pretty much the only course of t- action the Titans could have took. Uh, I saw the report earlier today that they did not want Tom Brady, so I think Tannehill was pretty much the only option to bring back. Uh, he played well in those 10 regular season games, and he did what they needed him to do in the postseason. So I think he played probably the best football of his career. Now, a four-year, $118 million deal, I don't know about that, but, I mean, it's kind of with the way the quarterback market is now, I mean – he wasn't going to accept $20 million a year when you got guys like Kirk Cousins making twenty seven a year. No disrespect to Kirk Cousins, of course, because he's a, he's a good quarterback. But I think mm-hmm. Tab Hill kind of fits the city of Nashville, and he kind of fits what the Titans represent. And the only problem I have with it is maybe the four-year thing. I want to say Ryan Tannehill is 31, 32, something like that. But that does give, give the Titans time. Yeah, 31. It gives them time to find their quarterback of the future, which they're going to have to do at some point pretty soon. So, I mean, kind of gives them some flexibility. Flexibility. He didn't make top-tier money, but, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. top-tier. So, uh, I think that was about the only thing they could have done in terms of quarterback. I mean, you had guys like Teddy Bridgewater and you had Phillip Rivers on the market, but 
Phillip Rivers is turnover prone. You don't want that. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't take any risk, and he doesn't throw the ball downfield well. And if it's one thing the Titans did well, especially down the stretch, that was throw the ball downfield to A.J. Brown and uh, Corey Davis, those guys. So I think Tannehill does a good job of distributing the ball. I think that's something that the Titans need. The Titans don't necessarily with – with the talent they have, they don't necessarily need a guy that's going to throw for 4,500 yards per se. They just need a guy who can make a few plays, you know, and if he needs to make a first down or two with his legs, then do that. And it's something Tom Brady wasn't going to provide. And at this point in his career, we really don't know, like, how good his arm actually is right now. So I think mm-hmm. right now, you know, it may people may consider, consider it asinine to say it, but I think – at this point in his career, I think Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback for quarterback, better quarterback than Tom Brady, especially for what the Titans want to do. I know a lot of times when you hear people talk about Tom Brady, they talk about his accomplishments when that's not what when you're comparing a, a guy talking about this season, his past accomplishments some be considered when you're talking about his plays, when you're judging his play that's going on right now. And I think that's a lot of what happens when people talk about Tom Brady. They consider it asinine to even talk down upon his play. But he really, last year, I know you could say it was a lack of weapons, the offensive line, but at times it's just like he didn't have it. He wasn't that same guy, which makes sense. He's 43 years old. Nobody at 43 years old has done it at the level that he even did it last year. I think he still threw for 4,000 yards last year, which is amazing considering his age and the history of players, of quarterbacks who's played at that age. So I think Titans made the best decision they could have made. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was torn on it at first just because I thought Derrick Henry should have definitely been the dude they got paid first. Uh, But, you know, looking at hindsight, uh, you know, for one, of course, every offseason the market gets reset. So these guys are going to get paid. Uh, But looking at it uh, long term, I think that this was clearly a better decision for the Titans. You already mentioned the age difference because, for me, the Titans probably just opened up a championship window because, I mean, what, Verbal just finished his second season in the NFL? Or was that his first? Uh, second, second. That was his second. Yeah, second, second. Uh, that was his only his second season as a coach. And, I mean, these dudes were one game away from the Super Bowl. Uh, but I think Tan- Tannehill was a perfect fit because – Looking at his time prior to Tennessee, I mean, who was he really throwing to in Miami? And not to mention their front office has never just been the best as far as talent evaluation goes and building the team. And then on top of that, you're in the same division with the Patriots playing them twice a year. Then he's what had a torn ACL. He's had a shoulder injury. So just combining all those things together, I think it was just a matter of him, you know, finding the right situation and finding a team that actually, you know, puts him in a position to display what he does best. And I think that's be a game manager and, you know, make maybe three or four, you know, good game changing plays a game. Um, And I think that the Titans clearly suited him perfectly for that. And, you know, we saw in his 10 starts, he built great chemistry with A.J. Brown down the uh, stretch. Because uh, I think I saw that prior to Tannehill, 
Mariota had only completed like one pass to AJ Brown, and I was like, seriously? But literally, as soon as Tannehill took over, I mean, we just saw AJ Brown take off. And I think for the sake of that relationship and just for the sake of Ken chemistry and continuity, uh, bringing Tannehill had to be the best option for the Titans. I think, you know, I think in a way Marcus Mariota was kind of holding Corey Davis back. I know not this past season, but the season before uh, he had, I want to say, 891 receiving yards. And I expected him to be a thousand yard receiver this past year. But, you know, they had Mariota starting for a few games. I think he kind of struggled to gain chemistry with uh, Ryan Tannehill. So I think I expect mm-hmm. Corey Davis to, to be a big time asset for the Titans next year, too. I fully expect him to be a thousand-yard receiver along with AJ Brown. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans had two one thousand-yard receivers next year. Cause those guys, people forget Corey Davis was a top five pick. So I think there's a lot of talent mm. there. There's a lot of that potential there. So I fully expect the Titans, you know, to be a, a good team once again. Of course, uh thinking that they re-signed Derrick Henry, which I'm pretty sure they'll they'll do. I don't see why they wouldn't. It would be Stupid for them not to bring that man back. That man single-handedly carried their offense the last, in the playoffs. So, Man, if the Titans do not sign Derrick Henry, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. They can just throw the whole team away at that point. I'm sure you don't got to <laughs> Honestly. Do that no, I just don't want them to get this man the franchise tag. I'm, I'm like, I understand – like the whole narrative behind not paying running backs, because I mean, look at how Ty Gurley's panned out since his extension. But the thing with but, that is, though, I think with a guy like Ty Gurley, he had a, a pre-existing knee injury anyway. Yeah, yeah. He tore his ACL his last year at Georgia, so that's kind of mm-hmm. big. And I think it was just kind of a matter of time. But with Derrick Henry, has no injury history. So I think it's like it's it can, it's it differs uh between each running back because Zeke I mean the only injury history he really had was a wrist injury that was about it other than that he hasn't had any lower body injuries so I think it's more of a case by case thing but you know they love to yeah because Zeke was more so off the field issues exactly you know they love to you know generalize the running back position but Derrick Henry was arguably the most valuable football most valuable player in the league last year because I don't know what the Titans – the Titans wouldn't have been nearly as good without him. Man, this dude had almost 400 carries last year. You don't see that? That's insane. No, you don't. No, like he's built different for real. And he's been toting the rock like that since high school. I want to say Danny – I think I want to say he has the – the high school all-time rushing record, he had over 12,000 rush yards in high school, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah, he was literally a video game character. <laughs> and even at Bama, uh, once he got his – once he became a starter, I want to say his junior year, he rushed for over 2,000 yards on the way to winning the Heisman. So, I mean, it lets you know he can carry he can carry a team if need be. And he's proven that, especially last year. Yeah, I think the at the I think at this point the only concern the Titans probably really have is just all that tread on his legs and it and I think um just looking at that and you know once again going back to the durability issues with other running backs that get paid, I think that's what kind of had them hesitant on uh giving him a long term contract. But we'll see how it turns out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm interested to see. 
All right, so moving on to the next topic of discussion, your boy Dak Prescott down in Dallas asking for $40 million a year, <laughs> but the Cowboys have offered him $33 million a year. How do you feel about that whole situation? I feel like that's that, that's about the right number. 40, I think, is ridiculous. Uh, Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. He's not elite. I think he's more around the 15 to 17 range in terms of if you want to rank quarterbacks. Uh, he had a great year in terms statistically last year. He had over 5,000 yards, uh, over 30 passing touchdowns. But a lot of those yards came when the Cowboys were getting blown out. And I think that that should be considered. I think when it comes to negotiation, you know, I think the Dallas Cowboys offered him 33. I think that's really generous. And, you know, Dak – was a fourth-round draft pick. So, you know, of course he wants his money. I wouldn't take a, a hometown discount, as they call it. I wouldn't take one if I was Dak Prescott. But you do have to consider uh, most of the time when those guys, quarterbacks get paid those big contracts, it kind of makes it almost impossible to build, a, you know, a great team around you. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers just broke the mold last year. Well, this past season. They both made it to the playoffs. But before then, you know, guys that were making like $30 million, I, I don't think any of them had made it to the playoffs. So I think I think 33 is about right uh, at about four or five years. And I think Dak is wanting more short, short-term, more of a three-year deal so he can hit the market again when he's around 29. Mm-hmm. I think the deal is – I think it was about $105 million guaranteed. I think that's about right, uh, right around Jared Goff. And uh, around Jared Goff and uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, I think he's about – he's right with those guys. I think he's a little better. Then Jared Goff, even though Jared Goff has led the team to Super Bowl, he's been kind of inconsistent. But I don't think he's – He didn't lead them. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, he played a part in there. Uh, I, think he, he isn't, I think he isn't as good as Carson Wentz. He isn't as talented as Carson Wentz. Uh, we all know if Carson Wentz has had some injury problems, but when he's been healthy, he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the game. I think Dak's a good quarterback, but I think paying a good, a good quarterback $40 million a year, that's not conducive to winning at all. Uh, Byron Jones is a free agent. Uh, what's his name? Oh man, Cooper. Yeah, Cooper's a free agent. Uh, they have to re-sign him. It's think looking like more they'll tag him per se versus giving him a long-term deal. He says he wants to be in Dallas, and I think they're going to have to address the safety position too. So you know, it's a lot that the Dallas Cowboys need to work on the defensive line. A lot of those guys are set to be free agents, so it's a lot that the Dallas Cowboys need. And I think paying Dak Prescott forty million is not going to help the team at all. But you know, you have to have to pay what the market says you pay. So you know, we'll see. Yeah, for sure, the market definitely determines how much you pay quarterbacks. But I don't know. I think, especially after this last season, when they when they put more on his shoulders and gave him more responsibility, I think he showed that he can carry the load offensively. I think the biggest issue for Dallas last season was the coaching, and I think you agree with that too, don't you? Oh, definitely. Coaching was – I thought Jackson Garrett should have been fired back in like 2013, 2014. Here we are. <laughs> Years ago. <laughs> Here we are, 2014, So, you know, hey. <laughs> but, no, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think he definitely deserves to get paid. I don't know about the $40 million. Uh, but putting into perspective his talent uh, with guys like you mentioned, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, 
Uh, and even like Russell Wilson, when he got his first extension, um, I think that he puts himself right in that conversation to be worthy of the money. You know, he has, what, the second most wins since entering the NFL um, at like 40. His record's like 40 and 24. Um, his passer rating was like 97 this past season, if I'm not mistaken. He threw for over 4,000 4, passing yards. Um and like I said, he pretty much was the engine that drove Dallas's offense this season. Um, but I think you have to pay him. And what I think they should, like you said, give Cooper the give Cooper the franchise tag because he has a tendency to disappear sometimes in games, especially and on the road. it's just huh, especially on the road. No, yeah, for sure. And when you have a receiver that's inconsistent like that, I, I don't think it's worth really just throwing long-term money at them like that because receivers, to me, are easier to replace than quarterbacks. I mean, that's just my opinion. You're, you're, um, right, you're, you're absolutely correct. But I think we're seeing now that the NFL is going away from paying, especially quarterbacks, for – their talent, but more so for their fit within the team. And I think we've kind of seen that with guys like, I mean, look at Jimmy G in San Francisco, or you have Tannehill that just got the extension in um, in Tennessee. I think teams these days are just looking for the right quarterback uh, that can lead their offense and just do what you ask of them. And I think – while they shouldn't be a pass-first offense, I don't know, whoever told them that was a good idea. But in a more balanced attack where, you know, they focus more on feeding Zeke the ball and then, you know, throw in some play action every now and then with Dak, um, I think that more so suits his skill level. And being in a system like that, I believe that he could possibly lead this team to a Super Bowl, taking into account the rest of the talent on the roster. Uh, and I think going based off that, you should give him a long-term contract. Now, will they? Probably not, especially considering what they've been trying to ne- negotiate since, like, last September, I believe. Um, but if he doesn't get the, the franchise tag, I could definitely see him going the three-year route. Because uh, at 29, that's when most quarterbacks actually enter their prime in the NFL. Uh, so if he decides to bet on himself for those three years, he could definitely break the bank and, you know, get an even larger contract uh, three years from now. I think with the Cowboys, I think Dak got a lot of unnecessary blame. Uh, a lot of times the Cowboys started slow, and it's, sometimes it was because of the offense, and sometimes it was because, it was because the defense didn't give him any help. And I think they kind of kept Zeke from eating as much as he should have and I think they put more on Dak's shoulders to be for the team to be passed first. And it's not the way the Dallas Cowboys are built. If you look at how they're built, uh, it's more of a run first team. I, I don't think Dak Prescott passing for, for 4,900 yards uh, isn't going to lead to Super Bowl. I think I would like that number to be around 4,000. I think that's a perfect number for for the Cowboys in terms of winning. But I think, um, of course, he deserves to get paid. Uh and like I said, the market kind of decides how much quarterbacks get paid. And, you know, the going number is at least $32, 33000000 a year. 
I think that's what Dallas is trying to pay him. But Dak believes he deserves more than that. And who are we? Who am I to say he doesn't deserve that? Because he's been great for the Cowboys. He's been a godsend for him, especially with the way Tony Romo went out. So I think, I mean, he deserves his money. But, you know, paying quarterbacks that much money, you know, hasn't been highly successful over the last few seasons uh, across the league. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, hopefully they get the deal done. I'm, I'm confident, you know, Jerry and Steve and they'll get the job done. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so moving on to our next topic of discussion. Just earlier today, the NFL passed a new CBA agreement um, and included in that agreement, give me just a second, they will be adding a 17th regular season game. They will add an additional playoff team for each conference so instead of the original six per conference, there will now be seven teams. Also, instead of two teams getting a bye week, there will now be one for each conference. On top of that, the salary cap will increase from 188 to 198 million. Um, what else did I leave out? It's so much. <laughs> uh, the player revenue. Uh, it was it was at 47 percent. But now it's going to increase to 48%, and they could potentially rise to a little bit like 48.5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the league minimum will get an increase in salary, and uh, there will be an increase in performance-based pay with a, it's like an average of 12%. And uh, the additional active roster, instead of 53, is going to be 55. You know, padded practices, that uh, it'll be down from 28 to 16, which is a significant decrease. And that they'll only be able to last two and a half hours down from three. Uh, and retired players will also benefit. Uh, they'll see increasing benefits to boost their pension. You know, like you mentioned, the drug policy uh, about the THC testing. So, you know, that's, you know, a lot of guys, I've heard a lot of guys like to use, you know, marijuana, uh, you know, for recovery and healing. So I think that, mm, that's a big one. I think that'll benefit some guys. If it does work, if it does indeed work, I think that'll benefit some guys in terms of recovery. Cause we, we all know that the Vicodin and the shots, you know, all those shots and pills are, they're extremely harmful to a player's body in the long run. So I think if there's mm-hmm. anything we can do to increase player safety in the long run, I think there's something that the league should do and that the league should consider. I think the biggest thing for me with the new CBA is you know the the two the two additional playoff team, which is expected to start this upcoming season, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. As long as I can remember, it's been six playoff teams in each conference. So you know, I don't. I think it's going to be like three wild card games instead of two. So you know, the more playoff, yeah, playoff, for each conference. I don't really see anything wrong with it. You know, the the fan in me, uh, the more playoff football, you know, the better. I love I love watching NFL, especially playoff time. So I think that's. It's one of those things that I think the fans are going to like, and it's going. Of course, it's going to going to bring in more revenue, more money. Uh, also, you know the the extra regular season game. Now, I'm not really too keen on that. I mean, 16 games is already grueling enough. You hear the players talk about it all the time. So, you know, 17, mm-hmm. 17th game is going to raise the stakes. You know, so I think that'll be interesting. But I think overall, I think it, it was it was this is a pretty. The players kind of gained a lot here. I know some big, big marquee guys that were against it, like Richard Sherman, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson. Those guys were against it, and I think the voting was a slim margin. It was about sixty votes. It was one thousand nineteen 
to 959. So I think it was that close, you know, to swing in the other way. So, you know, I'm excited that football is going to be going on. I think it's the new deal extends through 2030. So, you know, I definitely didn't want to see yeah. a lockout. Me being a football fan, I definitely did not want to see a lockout. Uh, that would have been the worst thing ever. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this this new CBA is definitely good for the league. I mean, at least coming from a fan's perspective, I can't really speak for the players. Uh, but for one, I was I really wanted them to eliminate the preseason altogether. But I guess I'm okay with the three as opposed to four games. Uh, the 17th additional regular season game is a bit questionable. Because uh, you also have to take things into consideration, like, with it being an odd number of games now, do you get an additional home game or do you get an additional away game? I didn't think And about I think that. that's going to – huh? So I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, yeah. And that's I feel like that's going to be a huge question that comes up. And then, like you said, an extra game also just adds more increased risk of injury before the playoffs. Um, so – like you said, with this with this slim voting margin, it's clear that the league was split over this decision, and it just passed by the hair of his skin. Um, so I don't know. I still think that some guys could possibly hold out this offseason to possibly retaliate this new deal, but hopefully not. Um, I do like the fact that the lower uh, caliber players – they will get paid more as a result of this deal because an average NFL player's player career is like three and a half years, I think I saw. Uh, so for those guys, you know, giving them the added opportunity to take advantage of that kind of income, I think that's good for those guys in that regard, as well as getting the increased um, performance-based pay. I think that's pretty good as well. Um, and then another thing that was mentioned – they let up on the marijuana punishment. And I think it was only a matter of time, you know, with states all throughout the country finally legalizing the use of marijuana. It's only a matter of time that these leagues start to get up to date with their players and, you know, realize that these players are using marijuana to, you know, relieve, you know, the pain and the stress that come with the, you know, the hustle and grind of the game. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think the MLB had already uplifted punishment uh, for marijuana violations. Um, so, like I said, it was only a matter of time before this was put into place. So the NBA will probably be next. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, um, you know, over the next few years or so. So. And then I think there's also the fact that I think after next year ends, the NFL will be signing new contracts uh, with media outlets uh, as far as for games and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that should also add a new uh, salary bump. So from my perspective, this, this CBA does more positive than negative. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how how players continue uh, to react to this. Because you also have to take into account, too, that this was voted for through a secret ballot because of, you know, the corona outbreak. So these players weren't even, like, in a space to, you know, know personally 
who voted and who who voted for it and who voted against it. Uh, so I think that that added probably even more of a divide between the players uh, as far as communication and things like that go. Um, so, yeah. Moving on to the next topic. Today, the Baltimore Ravens traded a fifth-round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars for Calais Campbell. How do you feel about it? I think it was an absolute steal for the Baltimore Ravens. They pretty much turned nothing into a, a huge game. They pretty much got Calais Campbell for a bag of Doritos. Um, and, and, you know, Calais <laughs> Campbell, you know, even though he's a little older, he's still a great pass rusher. Uh, his production was down. Uh, his production was down last year. Well, he only had six and a half sacks last year, but he's been a great He's been a great addition for Jacksonville over the last three years. He's just two years removed from being an all-pro. And I think, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are potentially going to lose Matthew Judon, but I believe they'll franchise tag him. But I think Calais Campbell just adds another Yeah, they tagged him. Okay, okay. So I think that just – adding Calais Campbell just adds another pass rusher to the interior of the Baltimore Ravens defense, and it's going to make him that much more dangerous. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Uh, if they weren't last year, they're definitely probably maybe behind the Chiefs Super Bowl favorites for this upcoming season. I just don't see how the Ravens got him for that cheap, honestly. That's crazy to me. Exactly. But I think it's what's even crazier, Jacksonville, just their sharp decline over the last, like, two and a half years. Because just in 2017 – these dudes are one game away from the Super Bowl. Like, that's how good their defense was. And, like, since that, they've lost Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, now Calais Campbell, I think Malik Jackson, just a bevy of players from that defense. I think they only have, like, three players remaining from that defense, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but to me, this definitely vaults uh, Baltimore's um, Super Bowl chances. And I just think it was wild. I have to give my hats off to the GM, uh, Eric DaCosta, because he essentially came into this year. He was going to have two 2020 fifth-round draft picks. And don't you know he flipped both of those picks for Calais Campbell and Marcus Peters? That's, that's Two Pro Bowl caliber players. That's amazing. I think that's pretty crazy. I think with Jacksonville, like you said, the decline is is kind of amazing. Uh, but they've been dysfunctional for years now. I think any sport, any football fan, kind of knows Jacksonville is kind of a it's kind of it's a joke of an organization. They are a joke. <laughs> I think that's the reason, reason Jalen Ramsey wants to get out. Jalen Ram, Ramsey wanted to compete. You know, in 2017, I think that was a magical run for them. You know, Blake Bortles, he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible as usual. And I think they gave him an extension after that. I want to say like three years, over I think like forty-five million or something like that, which was the beginning. You see how that turned out. Now he's a backup for the, now he's a backup for the Los Angeles Rams. So I think that team was, you know, talented about. But I believe they definitely overachieved, especially with who they had at quarterback. But I think the Ravens, like I said, they they definitely got better today. Uh, I think, like you said, Eric DeCosta has done a great job of helping helping build that team, and I think they're going to be a force. For years to come, I think Calais Campbell, he, he is 33. But over the last three years, mm-hmm. he's, had, he's had 31 and a half sacks and 77 quarterback hits over the last three years. So that lets you know right there that he's constantly in the backfield. He's constantly getting pressure. 
whether it's from the interior or on the outside. Calais Campbell is a force to be reckoned with, and that's only going to make the Ravens better. If you can get to the quarterback, you know, it makes everything easier from the linebackers on back to the, to the safeties. So I think that's a huge addition. I, I think my team, the 49ers, just showed us that. So I think we kind of giving the rest of the league the formula to go off of, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Listen, I mean, you can never have enough pass rushers. I think this has been said for for years. You know, adding when you can rush the passer, you know, you don't have to hold hold up in coverage as long, you know. And, you know, when you got guys that can fill holes up front, you got linebackers that are free to make plays. You know, linebackers are getting increasingly more athletic. You know, guys like Fred Warner and Deion Jones and those guys, you know, I think I've seen mock drafts where they have uh, the Baltimore Ravens selecting Patrick Queen, linebacker from LSU, and he's extremely athletic. He's been following their mode of athletic linebacker from LSU, you know, Quan Alexander to Deion Jones to what was the guy that that was drafted by Tampa Bay last year? Devin White, excuse me. Devin, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the mode of those big, fast, athletic guys that are that is sideline that has sideline and sideline speed. So I think. You know, adding Calais Campus and, you know, they extended Marcus Peters, you know, maybe adding a guy like Patrick Queen. That defense going to, that defense was dominant down the stretch. I think it's going to be even better next year. And don't forget, they still got Earl Thomas back there, too. Yep. It's not like they just got scrubs in the secondary. They got the standard, you know, Earl Thomas. No, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Earl, Earl definitely, definitely the standard, man. You know, all the safeties, they want to be like Earl. Derrick Henry might have changed that. <laughs> Who doesn't Derrick Henry uh, destroy? <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, this this uh, upcoming NFL season should definitely be interesting. If we can just su- survive this Corona outbreak, man, this is crazy. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be okay. But you know what? That's all we have for y'all today. We th- we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. And tune in to episode tune in to episode three of the first and foremost podcast coming out next Sunday. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at first underscore foremost and the number eight. And let us know if you have any topic suggestions for next week's show. We are your host. I'm Jimmy Covington. And I'm Quentin Douglas. It's been fun. Oh, we're out. We out. Thank y'all.